Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of the Everything Design Show. Um, today we have a guest uh, all the way from New Delhi. Uh, her name is Ocean Xiaobat and uh, she is an uh, independent researcher uh, in New Delhi. So um, she's been uh, actually um, a contact that, 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 that we've made recently through one of our previous uh, speakers as well, uh, Tiffany from the Anthropologies, uh, Anthropologists in, in Asia group. So there's a group that we're, we're, we're growing and today from that group we do have uh, Ocean here to share with us um, a bit about her work and I think uh, the ma- mainly talking a little bit about um, you know how how we can be accountable when we're doing uh, research for um, for for projects, right? So whether it's design projects or, or sort of more business uh, centric projects, you know, I think the, there's always going to be research that needs to be done, uh, and how we, as researchers we can be accountable uh, in the work that we do. So uh, hi, Ocean. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. So um, maybe uh, Ocean, maybe you can introduce yourself and uh, just tell us a little bit about um, uh, yourself, your history, and and, and what you what what you you're usually up to in, in terms of uh, work as an independent researcher. Yeah, sure. So, like Nicholas said, I'm based in New Delhi, and I'm currently an independent researcher. I have a background in sociology and social anthropology. I studied at the Delhi School of Economics uh, at the University of Delhi. And since uh, getting my master's in sociology in, I think, 2016 now, I have been working uh, across sort of the fields of um, design, academia, uh, development, um, more, mostly uh, to do with uh, reproductive uh, and sexual health, uh, reproductive technologies, um, healthcare, women's rights, uh, sort of the whole, that sort of space. And... Um, yeah, and I mean, I just wrapped up a project uh, looking at sort of a women's movement that, that was happening in New Delhi. And uh, yeah, so those are, those are my areas of interest. And that's, that's where I, that's where I um, excel in. Mm. So um, yeah, you talked about um, you know your 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 work uh, a little bit in healthcare as well as women's rights. Um, so as an independent researcher, do you typically um, um, are these the projects that you 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 will usually be looking out for, or it's more of uh, what's given to you by by the clients that you're working with? I think uh, I think by so I started building a portfolio around these pro- around these kind of projects uh, when uh, during my first job. So my first job after graduation was with in fact with a design research studio in which is based in New Delhi uh, called Quicksand Design Studio. Uh, and there I did uh, almost a year-long project looking at the future of contraceptive technologies, uh, mm-hmm. after which I have sort of remained in that field, I think primarily because it's something that interests me, but also because I have experience in this. So I, on the one hand, look out for it, but also it works out, I guess, for the clients who are looking for someone who sort of has worked in that space and uh, is comfortable talking about these things, has some amount of knowledge. I mean, I know it's like, Kind of bordering on a lot of like scientific knowledge which i don't claim to have but at least from whatever i can understand outside of the space of like science and technology um so yeah 
Yeah. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think most of us, when we are working on um, projects, I think there is that balance a little bit, right? And especially, I think I would imagine as a researcher, um, you're not bound specifically to one employer, right? Or, yeah. or one company. So, I, 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 yeah, I'm sure that there will be a little bit more flexibility as compared to somebody who's working with one company or, you know, just maybe uh, one organization or less an in-house researcher. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the work, I mean, the, 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 the projects that you're doing uh, seem to be um, uh, quite interesting and these are very real issues that I think um, you know not just India but I think a lot of countries are also are also facing so um, as a as a as a design researcher um, how do you find the I think you know. Or how do you f- how do you build your methodologies or your methods, um, you know, within the space uh, in terms of, um, you know, uh, it's it's I guess uh, its relationship back to what we typically define as traditional anthropology or traditional ethnographic research. Do you feel that there is a um, a strong um, uh, a strong link back to those very traditional methods and methodologies, or do you feel that you know, as a design researcher, um, you know, uh, you you have I wouldn't say straight, but you know, you've taken sort of uh, paths and tools and methods um, that are a little bit different from what we traditionally would be associating with uh, ethnographic research or traditional anthropology. Um, so I think that's a really interesting question primarily because when I was first introduced to what design research is, somebody told me that you know design research borrows a lot from anthropological research, which naturally piqued my interest because I was like, that's fantastic, that's the discipline I come from. So I think there is, there is a general effort to sort of draw from ethnographic research. I think a lot of design researchers often use that term um, Sometimes it's warranted, sometimes I would say, I don't know if it's always warranted to call what we do ethnography. Um, So yeah, I think there is definitely an attempt and uh, to borrow from traditional ethnographic anthropological methodologies, not to say that that there is only one kind of anthropological methodology either, right? So of course, there's different kinds. But um, I think that what I have felt in my experience is that there's always like the kind of constraints that are around sort of like a design research project. Like you have, I think often like crunch timelines, um, what the sort of like pandering to the client, like always having like an end goal in mind. I think it makes it a little bit difficult to, um, you know, stick to what ethnography would be in terms of a long-term observational participant uh, based research methodology. So yeah, I think um, I think it's a mix. I think I would say I wouldn't go so far as to say it's 50-50. I would say it's maybe like I don't know if you can quantify it, but maybe like uh, there are, there are there are makings of what I would call you know anthropological methods. But there's also methodologies that have been uh, built within the space of design, which I think maybe anthropologists could, you know, benefit from borrowing. And um, yeah, but of course, I think the difference also lies in the fact that my training is, was within the space of academic anthropology. So I, I wouldn't know what it is like to be trained within an applied anthropology program either. So I can't speak to that. But uh, I think that 
given the market constraints that are applied upon many design, design research projects, uh, those methodologies kind of get shortchanged in some way. And I think that's something that we need to refine and think through. And I don't think it's, it's the worst thing either because the discipline of design can benefit from having its own methodologies that, uh, that work within uh, its own constraints. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think, uh, I think there's always as an as an as a as a um, as a practitioner yourself, you know, to who's applying these different tools, these different methodologies in, in the industry, um, you know, compared to to a very traditional academic research. Um, um, anthropologist or social scientist, um, I think there's always this argument, right? You know, even when I was doing my 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 studies in the past, um, you know, when I was in the schools, and we were always, you know, there there was always this discussion to sort of say, oh, um, academic is better or uh, purer in that sense, right? <laughs> As compared to um uh as as compared to 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 practice but i think i mean over the years i think what i've i've seen is that there there, there is a reason why there is a difference i mean we we can't necessarily um, take like what you talk about, you know, th- those constraints of the uh, of of a real life project, you know, the crunch times, and you know, apply it within a very traditional anthropological or social science traditional academic type of research, right? Um, and and I think it's two separate worlds, and and I think you know, if as long as you know that you're living in two connected but separate worlds, um, I think I think that's that's actually you know, I think that's fine. I mean, um. Uh, and and I don't I don't really see one as better than the other. You know, um, I always think I I would imagine even if I were to describe I guess your career, I would even say that actually you know um, based on you know women's health or women's well being, you know based on all these different projects that you've done, it would constitute as a full you know academic long-term you know phd style kind of research project right if you combine everything it together it, i i would i would say that you know you it, it, it fulfills the requirements of you know a long-term research project you know so i i i think you know uh yeah i mean i think it's a good point that you sort of brought out there you know that that you know these these methods uh it, it can't just come from one i think that's very traditional school of thought in that sense so yeah um but i guess you know with with regards to this you know um this idea of you know which school of thought or the methodologies um, I think that that leads us a little bit to our our main topic today, which is I think uh, what we wanted to talk about, which was the, I think accountability. So we we did touch a little bit on on you know uh, design research being being accountable, um, not just to I guess the academics, uh, the academic world, or from a methodological perspective. But I think um, we wanted to sort of ask about accountability um, from you know both the, the the practice as well as the the researchers. Uh, as well, so I mean, um, when you when you when you when you spoke just now, uh, I think one of the things that um, we wanted to sort of talk about is um, is bias, right? Um, so um, there is when you when you are researching into a, a, a culture that is um, that is you know similar your own culture or someone else's culture, um, how do you how do you typically um, um, call out these biases you know is do you feel that the calling out your own biases is something that is uh, easy to do or do you feel that it's something that it's it's quite hard to do uh, as a design researcher 
I think, I mean, I don't know if it's difficult or if it's easy, so to say. I mean, I would, of course, lean towards saying it's not always clear because one doesn't always, uh, one isn't always conscious of what your biases are or what your sort of learned assumptions, uh, whether they be subconscious or entirely unconscious are. But, um, but the other thing that I always sort of worried about is that I don't, it's not a matter of difficulty or ease. It's that people don't seem to find the need to do that. I think there's a, mm-hmm. there seems to be like an assumption that if you're coming from an outside, if you're coming from outside of the discipline of the place of the community, then you will automatically see things that uh, someone from within the space wouldn't be privy to. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think the opposite may be true where you might in fact miss things and you might assume certain things because you are used to it being a certain way within your own discipline or within your own community or within your own uh, network. Um, so I think what what is important is that one always calls out where you come from and what one always reflects back on how does your position affect your assumptions or how does your position not just within that project but also within society, like you, do you call out the fact that your 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 social class may be a, may affect it a certain way, or your gender, or your sexual identity. All of those things uh, impact how you position yourself within a project and within society itself, right? So I think that's I think accountability starts with starting to uh, reflect back on where you stand and what that means for a project to come together and what that means even for like the smaller, you know, the tools that you use. Like if you have a questionnaire, when you built out that questionnaire, were you making assumptions when you're asking those questions? You know, of course, within anthropology, you always say ask open-ended questions, even within design research. But those open-ended questions themselves, like your question structure, the structure of your tools, the way you use them, it all has impacted from your own position. So I think it's, it's often difficult, but I think it's also very, very necessary. Mm. And it's something that, in fact, I think we can learn from traditional anthropology because I think within that discipline, it's older. It's, uh, it has maybe more room, more time to have these questions and ask these questions. So I think if, one, if there's one thing that design researchers uh, and practitioners should borrow from that discipline is the need to always call out and reflect back on the impact you're having on by doing that project, not like larger impact in terms of implementation, but even the research that you do, did it, did it impact the community you went into? Did it impact the space that you entered, warranted or unwarranted? So I think you should always make it a point to try your best to, you know, call out your biases, like mm. you were saying. And yeah, yeah. if you can't correct them, at least... Um, at least like you know point them out so that people can be aware that you're not assuming complete objectivity hmm. so i mean um in terms of like you, we, we talk about uh, practical um, uh, projects within the industry i mean um i think uh, we do know that um the projects sometimes you don't have a lot of time right like like it's always about crunch time so if you let's let's just say we had um you know you have a, a very short time to, to work on this project and you're working within a team of researchers uh, what are the steps that you 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 would take you know to ensure that this 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 step you know of of you know calling out 
your biases, whether as an individual or as a team, um, you know, how do you ensure? Are there steps that you 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 consciously take to ensure that this happens? You know, when you go when you do a, a live project. Okay, so I'm going to be entirely honest here and tell you that, like, I have till now not had the opportunity to frame a project by myself. I have always sort of deferred to organizations or people who I've been hired by, right? So I unfortunately haven't found the ability to sort of shape it as I would like to as an individual, as a practitioner. Um, but I think it's because I've had the chance to be within these spaces that I've been increasingly made aware of the fact that this is required. So if you were to ask me, like, what do you do in this situation? I think when I imagine an ideal case scenario, and I'm not, I'm not, I can't assume that this is possible every time either, because I'm sure to be in the position of running an entire project is a whole different ballgame, which I may not be familiar with at the moment. But I think the first step is always to ask, like, why is there a crunch time on research? I mean, this is something that I have, I have always faced where you would be on a project that is a year long because you have so much time to think through the tools and then you have so much time to think through the prototypes and you have so much time to think through the outcomes. But the research phase within that year-long project will be like one week, two weeks, okay, maximum three weeks. And it's always very surprising to me. I'm like, you budget all of this time. Why can't you budget some more time into going to the field? And I think the second thing that's very, very important that I've unfortunately found lacking in some of these spaces that I have had the privilege to be a part of is that there is very little um, faith in the fact that secondary research can be very helpful. Mm. Like I think so many, there is so much pressure put on the fact that if you go to the field, you will see something firsthand that you will see when you read literature is very surprising to me because if you spend a week in the field, you can only expect to gain so much. But as opposed to that, if you if you are tight on budgets, if you're tight on time to travel to a space that may be for field work, then why not at least budget enough time to read through work that has been put into spaces, uh, expertise uh, over decades? Like pe when, when you talk about, for example, the work that, like the spaces that I'm privy to, healthcare, contraception, reproductive technologies, women's rights, like centuries of work mm -hmm. has gone into this and you cannot... You cannot assume that you or your team going into the field will find something spectacular that people who have spent their entire lives working on this uh, question wouldn't have, you know. So, of course, I'm not saying, I'm not taking away from field work. I mm. enjoy field work thoroughly. I love it. I live for it. But your field work, if you only have time to spend in the field, then should be, it should be, uh, it should be based off of thorough secondary research that you do so that you can maximize or like make the most of the limited time that you have in the field. You can ask questions accordingly. Maybe you can fill the gaps that you somehow didn't find in those uh, other kind of works that you are looking at. Um, I think that maybe it's, it's, uh, it's time to start asking what is the kind of research that we uh, envision doing to, you know, to do social impact work, so to say, or to, to you know, do research that is to an end, which we often find doing within this kind of design research. You're always sort of, you have a solution-oriented sort of mind, mind space, right? So I don't have an answer for this, but I would, I, I would really hope that 
the discipline of design and we as design practitioners start holding each other accountable and collaborate i mean i think what's beautiful about academia and i'm not like a, i'm not saying that academia is purer or better or anything but what's beautiful about it is that there is been enough room and enough space for people to like say debate or collaborate to come up with methodologies and if have have them evolve over time you can't hold your tools and your methodologies as if they are like as if you have sole proprietorship over them exchange them have give more you know importance to open source talk to each other and that's the only way any discipline can evolve so if we want design research as a discipline to evolve then we need to have start having more conversations we need to critique each other we also need to uh, you know congratulate each other if there is something that you think you didn't think of and some other organization person whoever thought of i think those are some things that we need to keep in mind so that we can you know grow as practitioners and as designers and as design researchers yeah definitely i mean uh, uh, i think the last point that you you made uh, about us as I guess I would say as peers to be honest you know as peers within the industry um we're always learning from each other and I think you know um to be honest I started this this podcast you know to really do that you know to 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 really be um be be upfront and be honest about you know the way we do things the way we do design the way we do research and um you know to just be able to share the different ways the tools and to share the different techniques the different methodologies the different perspectives as well I mean if, today we talk about accountability accountability in you know New Delhi will be very different um to accountability in Singapore or accountability in the in the states um and you know in 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 western culture as well um and yeah i mean even though you were mentioning about how you know you may not have had um the the chance yet to 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 run these projects in your in your own way but i do i do agree that um you know we we you know as i think as a practice you know um um we we do have to hold each other uh, accountable um but i do see actually i mean uh, i think there's a lot of growth you know people who hold their method methods too tightly um I, i do see that they die off you know quite quickly in terms of that that mindset because um you you will learn that actually um i think one thing that i've seen from the industry you know uh, apart from the writers uh, the the researchers that publish into journal articles books uh, and so on and so forth um the only i i would say i think our community is quite uh quite generous you know we, it's always well, we share our techniques we share our methodologies we're quite friendly um we we also are able to share uh, things that are of course uh, um you know don't break any ndas right uh or things that are um uh, that will uh, affect you know our participants or our companies um but i think yeah the method the methods that i think everybody's quite open to to sharing that so i think i think yeah that's a, that's a good point that you you made and i think you know that that should be the way that we we move forward um the only uh, the only thing that you know i think that that we see is that um is the industry tries to be i think there are indiv- there are individuals or organizations that i feel try to be a bit too unique you know um like this you know our methods our methods actually if you break them down you know I think across the board it's quite similar you know um the yeah. way we do things the way we we do design research the way we um we engage with participants of course there are some tweaks in you know in terms of how we do them but the methods um you know I I, I you know when we break down we look at them across the board I would say actually they are quite 
similar across the board. I mean, it's just maybe named a little bit differently. We use a different matrix. Uh, we have vi- different variables in in terms of mapping our exercises or or, or our defining stages. Um, but the only issue I feel like from a personal perspective is that there's there there are too many new tools and new techniques and new methodologies and 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 you know i'm you know from a design research it becomes um you know uh, design innovation research or you're adding user experience um you know and, and these are of course schools of thought that have come from many different places you know but but yeah. but, but each day it some seems to seem like oh there's a new thing but didn't that didn't that sound very familiar to that? So I think yeah, we we are a community that shares a lot, um. But you know, um, sometimes we may we may try to be be a bit too unique, and I think um, maybe that's a designer in the industry, right? It's the very designer creative, you know, to to want to be unique in that sense in terms of the methodologies or the frameworks that we're using, um, you know, um, you know, engineering you can't be too creative with the techniques or the or your permutations, you know, uh, you have a lot of problems. Uh, but yeah, I guess you know within the design field or the creative field we do have a little bit of space to 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 explore those creative juices in 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 calling or renaming our methodologies or tweaking the methodologies or, or techniques that are there which i think i i think i think it's uh it's it's friendly and you know it, it i guess it's fine it's just a little bit of a observation um but yeah i mean so uh yeah i mean as an industry wide i think yeah these are these are ways that we we definitely have to consider and think about how we want to be accountable i think you know that's something that we definitely have to do um the other thing also is um i think you you mentioned um uh, one 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 of these things which i, I think it's you know it, it it actually opened my mind you know just now when you mentioned it which is i think you 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 said uh, before we started the the podcast which was that you know you you as as researchers and designers there is no way we can be a hundred percent objective um you know and you know for me I, I i when i teach in class i teach people and i say hey we need to move away from subjective perspectives stay away from our not stay, start from our from our assumptions but we cannot um, maintain those assumptions until we do the research move from a subjective uh, you know under, uh, affirm what our um, biases are and then you know move move that into an objective space but when you mention that objectivity ca- we cannot be a hundred percent objective it just struck me as yeah it's actually it's true you know we, we it's very we cannot be a hundred percent objective you know and and that just it just when you said that to me it was like just about you know just like ding i was like whoa okay yeah now that i think about (laughs) it yeah you know so so maybe yeah i mean but but yeah you maybe i think what what Mm. you're saying is it's it's so true i mean of course you need to you you're right in what you teach is that first need to question where your assumptions are coming from but i think what we're both saying is kind of like two ways of coming at the same thing is that uh, I mean, first and foremost, when you go into like when I f- go into my first like class of sociology or social anthropology, that's what you're taught, right? Like you are everything that you know, everything that you understand is a product of socialization. So everything that you have been fed in a way, um, consciously or unconsciously, has framed what your thoughts are, what your positions on certain things are. And you can of, they, of course keep evolving, but they're also has to be a certain layer that you kind of don't have control over. So I think that one must always try to like not uh, 
be presumption but one must also always try to call out your own assumptions about anything you know so that's what i was saying initially uh, was that like you know i think the one big way around it is for people to first acknowledge that there is there will be no objectivity so let's just call out where we come from let's question where we come from and then you know we can start with the findings of the research i feel like find, like when you when you are sort of like doing your research and then you are making it into a report or uh, whatever you're analyzing it um i think like part of the part of the information should also be about the researchers themselves like the research is not happening without the researcher so the minute you step into a space you are going to affect that space by the mere fact that you're present there it was not it is not a clean slate as one would assume that you are studying you're already changing a place a community a situation by uh, you know by putting yourself in that uh, situation and <clears throat> i think there is no harm in admitting to oneself that that's where my understanding comes from or that's where my assumptions come from because it's only human i mean at the end of the research of a human everyone has, i mean i mean i feel like what's so interesting about working in spaces like healthcare and stuff is that one starts to even question like you know assumptions like oh are doctors objective because at the end of the day doctors have like you know a medical gaze and they have a way of looking at things but they're also human beings and now with so much talk about what it means to have equal access what it means to have accessibility at large people have started talking about how certain communities and i mean within the american context maybe it's the black community within the indian context it may be the muslim community or the dalit community that has so much that has to face discrimination within uh, spaces that you would assume are objective like mm. medicine so if those extremely scientific apparently rigorously scientific spaces can't be objective then how can we as qualitative researchers assume that we are objective like mm. that is just something that i think is impossible and i think this one should just admit it and learn from of course our mistakes or learn from people who are willing to teach us or not willing to teach us learn on your own but always call out where you come from and always call out the fact that you recognize that you will have bias even if you don't know what those biases are you must recognize that you will have and i think that's where uh, that's where we need to start being account that's how accountability sort of starts right to yourself to your, the people you're going to be Uh, who are going to be participating in your study to the people who are going to be reading your study you have to also be accountable to the audience of your research and uh, yeah i think also i wanted to add about what you were saying earlier about you know our our practice of design our discipline being fairly open and friendly i completely agree i think what's beautiful is that people do share you're also right in that people try very hard to be unique maybe that comes from a place of wanting to be creative but maybe also because there is so much competition in the market you have mm. to be unique um but i think we also need to at the same time develop a culture of being i mean you can be friendly but don't always try to be nice i mean let's let's also critique each other you know because yeah. critique mm. debate that's what helps things evolve if you mm. keep trying to be polite and say yours is great and mine is great well maybe not you know maybe mine is problematic and yours is problematic and i'm not going to see it till somebody else calls it out so i think there also needs to be that sense of accountability and that sense of calling out of biases is that 
do we as a discipline as a uh, network as a conglomerate of design practitioners assume that design has an answer to everything or that design is perfect because that in itself is also could be a problematic bias or an assumption that we have so let's start by questioning why we're doing what mm. we're doing what is the role that design plays mm. in the larger space of socio political economic realities and it does play a role because obviously it's part of society so mm. it will naturally play some sort of role and i think like that that's what i have my anthropology training the thank for is that everything is constantly affecting everything like there is nothing that can be in a vacuum including our own biases including mm. our own discipline including our own facts so yeah i think uh, i went Long. <laughs> no, no, no. Land, that's good. That's uh, good. Yeah. I mean, we we separated it into two things. I think. I mean, the the being accountable is not just being accountable to, to 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 the research itself, right? But it's also being accountable to the field, right? Not just as 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 yeah. as researchers, um, um, you know, to 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 the you the participants of our study or the context that we're we're looking at. I think yeah, the accountability definitely has to be, has to come from. Um, we we have always have to look at the feel. I mean, even we were talking about um, you know, in our some of our chats, right? I think this discussion came up about you know, yes, the 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 origins of you know the the historical uh, significance of you know um, social science research has come from uh, a Western context, right? You know, um, the Western schools of thought. Um, but you know, now that the more we um, the Asian community is growing. Um, the techniques that that may fit within a very Western uh, context, you know, very traditional, like like let's say you know, uh, 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 you know, Gertz or or Menelowski, um, sort of looking from a Western approach into a uh, a third world country or, or a third world community in that sense, right? Those I think those um, uh, those structures are are. Are, are are very you know are very rare nowadays, right? I mean, you know, like for yourself, you know, you're 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 in you know you're uh, a native in New Delhi, and you're researching within New Delhi, you know. So 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 the the I think the dynamic is very 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 different, and for us to be, um, you know, to to I, I think as an industry we need to be accountable to say that. Um, you know, it's not one. Um, it's not one sort of uh, um, one. You know, one uh, a very you know a, a puzzle piece that is going to fit within every every hole, right? You know, it's it's it, it the the hole is constantly changing, constantly evolving, depending on what what kind of scope you you you're taking. Um, but I mean, I I've always actually personally on a personal note, um, you know, I've 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 I think I've always been very fearful. You know, um, you know, being somebody who's um, who maybe it's my Asian upbringing. I'm not sure where I I don't really challenge uh, um, patriarchy that much or, or or hierarchy to that certain extent. Um, you know, but I, but yeah, I I do admit that sometimes you know I I, I do feel that um, you know from an whether it's from an academic perspective or whether it's from a professional perspective, um, there are some points that are worth critiquing. Um, but I think yeah, it's a, it's a good reminder, you know, especially I mean to myself definitely to say that, you know, um, uh, I I for me to be uh, accountable to the industry and the field of design research, um, I also need to stand up and critique what I feel is not really right, right, or what I feel can be improved. Um, so yeah, I mean I think you know being accountable has has uh, too many facets. 
uh, I mean, one in terms of the the research perspective, right? You know, talk about ethics, biases of the research, which which is true, but but definitely, I think you know, um, uh, in terms of you know our our voice, I feel you know, um, in terms of you know the the, the new ways we are we are doing things, and now even you know now you think about it, you know, the the world is changing with COVID, right? With with a pandemic, um, you know, how we do research, I think, will also change, and 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 you know, can we do we still want to hold on to these um, very traditional ideologies or this very traditional um, methods or perspectives um, and you know the way we used to communicate you know 10 15 years ago it's very different from how we communicate now right I mean um, the uh, every generation after us the way they behave the way they communicate the way they speak the way they engage uh, is also very different so the, the tools that we've been we've been used to from from the past to the present um, are changing and will continue to change so so i think you know that that's definitely a a good point that you you you've made in terms of of that yeah mm. so yeah, uh, I mean, yeah sorry you're sorry. saying no no you go keep sorry. going yeah no i was just saying that you're completely right and i think what you said about you know social sciences and especially anthropology what we have talked about in the past being drawn from that western centric you know approach like when you come to think about the history of anthropology it was primarily like introduced so that the colonizers could understand the other which were the colonized and especially in the context of asia and i'm sure in the context of many african countries like you know that becomes such a real thing for us because we are the post colonies you know especially in the indian context there and you know and it's something that that you can see in your everyday life like so much is affected by it and i think that's that's what's really fascinating when th- you think about what design draws from anthropology and one of my biggest fears is that it has drawn the tendency to constantly borrow from the west like why must we do that asia is is replete with amazing brilliant people mm-hmm. with practitioners who are very very capable and willing to come up with uh, like you said tools methodologies ideas that fit better here because it's mm-hmm. exactly like you said it's not a puzzle piece it's not something that will fit right in one context so something that irks me so much is that when people in the same breath say i did research in africa and india first of all africa is a continent india is a country secondly those two contexts are completely different how can you even think that those two things in any way will align when con- when histories are maybe in terms of colonization similar but still completely diverse cultures are diverse communities are diverse not to mention that both of those regions themselves if you were to even think of them not as countries or continents but just regions are so diverse that i can't ever claim that i did research in new delhi and i know what's happening in i don't know like Rajasthan, mm. which is, by the way, almost a neighboring state, mm. but I don't know because I have not done research there. And already those differences and those nuances need to constantly be acknowledged mm. and recognized, especially as practitioners who work within the qualitative research mm. space. You know, like quantitative research when you work with numbers, I don't understand it at all, mm. so I'm not going to speak to it. But maybe there is more room to like generalize with mm. qualitative research when you are relying on narratives, stories, everyday lived experiences. Mm. How can you ever make these broad assumptions um, is something that I I'm completely opposed to it mm-hmm. and I completely agree with you in that like it, like people who are not from the west or like our communities and our 
I think practitioners within Asia, within India, within Singapore, within Hong Kong, within everywhere, need to like promote the work that we do and not constantly, you know, borrow from. Of course, like IDEO, Frog, these are they're always going to be well known. Their work will always be well revered. But how long are we going to be dependent mm. on basically completely Western organizations? Mm. Yeah, so, let's let's yeah. strive to be the. Um, I don't know if there's an Asian frog, but uh, the Asian frogs or the, the Asian <laughs> I- ideals in that sense. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, I think we definitely want to, want that to happen, right? We want to, we want to yeah. be able to, um, I think, promote for not for the sake of promoting, right? It's not to 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 bring up just a, a specific culture, but it's just to, yeah. I think, bring out that authenticity um uh, of that 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 cultures because even i think what you mentioned about you know you you even in the neighboring state you you don't know uh, enough but i i actually feel that because you live in that that in, in delhi and you are in in, in the neighboring state i'm sure your day to day interactions with the people around you even they may be from either either even different uh, different dialect groups or, 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 or caste systems or or, or or different maybe different uh, um, different religions right you 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 I, I'm sure that through a um, a very porous kind of interaction that you're you're dealing with them you you do have that 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 knowledge you know I, I I'm sure there is like I mean for 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 people like even in myself you know I, I when I observe people even though it's not work related or not I'm not really looking at them as a research participant or they're not a re- my research uh, subjects um, you know I look at them as human beings and I I, 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 I observe their behaviors and, and 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 what they show me is you know it's an amalgamation of uh, my perspective on you know that generate uh, an older generation or a younger generation um, and you know now with social now with social media um, you know you we let's say I look at the hashtag of, of, of Singapore and what people are doing where people are hanging out I think you know the ways that we we, we, we observe behavior you know and you know sit down in a cafe watch people things like that now um, you know it's changing and and because we're in that you know you're in the uh, you're in that context. I'm sure you know you, you know. Of course, yes. Admit, admit to the biases. Of course, admit to the assumption, uh, uh, the assumptions. But I think, yeah, we need to have some. I think some credit needs to go into the um, uh, into the. I think some credit needs to go into the fact that you know, uh, you or I am a researcher within the context that I'm living in. And that actually holds, I feel, a lot of value um, than if you were to, you know, helicopter someone in to do that research. I, I'm not saying that it will be useless to get that person to come in from a third person's perspective. But what I'm saying is that, you know, because you are in that lived, you, you've lived in that community, you're, you're constantly engaging from a day-to-day basis, even if you're not working, you're still observing, right? You know, you hang out with your friends. There may be other people who are, you know, at other tables. You're interacting with, you observe them, you listen to them. Um, whether we're eavesdropping is another question. Yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I think being... being. I think you can't yeah, avoid eavesdropping. You can't, can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, you know, that, that, really, that, really, that really, I think, drives home that 
that point that you know um we do we we i think as researchers especially if you're a researcher coming that's coming from a local context and within that lived context um if you're not observing the things that are happening around you then i would suggest that you start doing that right you know as a researcher yeah. um and i think i i've been trained you know i think you know having learned you know design and anthropology um this 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 it, i can't really turn it off you know um it's very hard to turn off you know when i'm watching people interact with each other um not i'm not that i'm you know trying to look out for people who are committing crimes you know in that sense. i'm not being a, a surveillance you know i'm not surveil you know um, being a surveillance kind of person but i'm just being an observer like oh how are people interacting how are they queuing how are they buying things um, what languages are they speaking uh, how are they interacting with families you know, even i look at my neighbors um i look at the people you know who who uh you know who who uh, the communities that play different sports and things like that and i think that's 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 something that we cannot take away i think as researchers you know it's it's um you you're constantly observing you know and i think that's something that 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 we need to acknowledge you know i think as an asian community when we're looking at it um we 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 should be giving value to ourselves um and selling that as a as a as a real technique and i mean um to be honest um IBM um so Microsoft used to do it I mean with Genevieve Bell right Genevieve Bell one of the 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 early design researchers um whenever you know uh, Intel sorry Intel Intel sorry Intel whenever Intel had to go to a new country um they would always hire a local researcher you know the 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 from from what what they they've been sharing you know they oh, it's always about hiring a local researcher because the local researcher knows you know about you know the different nuances you know and I think that's that's something we 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 need to value um a lot as i think uh, as researchers who are researching within our own context you know may not be the same our own religion or our own race but our own you know class but i think within our own lived context i think that's something that's quite valuable hmm yeah i completely <laughs> agree and i think like the the importance of like lo- local researchers is is immeasurable but i do want to add that like having worked some amount with um western organizations that have for whatever reason chosen to study you know some parts of india because i feel like that's something that they really really enjoy doing i don't know why we don't see as many especially development organizations in the west kind of like studying their own societies it's not like there is nothing to study there but somehow they really really enjoy coming to the developing world so to say but i think one one thing that if we are to address them like us as uh, maybe potentially local researchers and not just for myself because i've been in teams where as an even more lo- even more local people have been hired as say research assistants i have been research, a research assistant myself at some point or the other and i think what's important is that if you look at someone as a research assistant it should not be limited to them being your translators you know mm. they are not just translators they are not just not even just cultural translators you have to involve them in mm. the larger analysis in the larger writing in the larger process mm. of the project because otherwise if you just fly in and then you are sort of like in a space where somebody is just kind of doing the translation for your interviewing or someone's just sort of you know giving you tips and tricks later in the back and then you go home and like do the entire report yourself i don't know how much value that has mm-hmm. whereas that person is like a gold mine mm-hmm. of knowledge of resources like you said of understanding the culture mm-hmm. and that person should very much be involved through and through it can't be like just for the phase of 
field research you go and do it and then the rest you kind of like forget about them and i think i think that's another important point for not just like when you're in a time crunch if you're in a time crunch for field research make sure that your field, local field researchers are not only hired for the big phase of that you know the field research and also secondly if you're have to be accountable then your accountability has to go as far as hiring people maybe even from that community you know because when we as researchers go in we're always i mean i'm always wondering like i'm taking so much from this community i'm taking their time they are giving me intimate information about themselves especially in the fields that i work in healthcare sexual and reproductive health it's things people don't share easily but what do i give back if i can at least like you know hire someone local if i can at least involve them in some way or the other then it's not just like you know you give them money for the time they spend because that's also a controversial topic do you pay your respondents or not mm. but that's a different thing yeah. <laughs> but give them money for you know or give them resources to actually build something mm. so yeah i don't know like maybe that's one way that western researchers or even me as a privileged researcher going to a less privileged mm. space mm. need to reevaluate how we involve the local communities and like you said local researchers yeah i mean I think this 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 is a very 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 big topic. I mean, we we we've only scratched the surface to be honest. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> Definitely. I think there's more things that we can discuss. Uh, but yeah, I think that that really uh you know, from today's um podcast, I mean, I think this whole idea of accountability is something that we need to be reminded of, right? Um you know, in terms of um you know, accountability to the research participants, uh accountability to the research topic or the project itself. Um we also I mean spoke about accountability um as a as as a conglomerate like you're talking about, right? Uh or as a as a as a as a community of researchers or design researchers. Um you know, both from a global uh global perspective as well as an as an Asian perspective where we're not just sharing information, sharing methods, sharing techniques, but I think we're 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 criti- cre- we're able to critique each other um openly and honestly um not for the sake of just you know to critique and put people down right um yeah. but also in terms of you know um i think bringing value i think the last point that you made you know to which i think that there there have been you know um some some research um teams where they did they you know they they i'm sure there are some cases where they they've hired locals not to be the researchers um but to just be that voice on the ground i mean you 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 it's i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't want to devalue them and say that they are tour guides right but but actually a tour guide provides you with a lot of value not i mean uh, an honest tour guide not not a tour guide that's just telling you and trying to sell you things and get you to go to to um to this particular restaurant or buy from this particular <laughs> shop right but a real i think a, the value of a real tour guide is really to 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 expose you to the real local cultures and what what is happening and i think from a research perspective not to say that we we all should be tour guides right but but i think you know if we can bring if we can show we can allow a a local um to show us the way and to guide the research as well to contribute to the research the analysis the methods um you know i think that will definitely bring bring a lot of value i mean it's uh you know it is not just about you know collecting the research but even you know the local person um within within that culture will be able to tell us oh what are they comfortable with what are they not comfortable with right so so yeah, i mean 
yeah i mean this is definitely something that 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 we 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 can when we can think about and we can we can consider um when we talk about accountability so i think we we, we spoke about quite a few different levels of accountability here so yeah that's yeah. that's 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 very good um so yeah before we 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 end off today and ocean was there anything else that you like to maybe uh end off with or you know want to share about um you know what we spoke about or any last thoughts about um today's topic of um accountability uh and in design research um not really i think i think i spoke a lot <laughs> but i think like you said it's something that our discipline uh, we as practitioners need to really push for like i think it's time i think it's it's also at this point in the world where you're saying that you know things are anyway changing with the pandemic with people speaking up against oppression with people generally becoming you know it tired of being put down not that that's something that our discipline does but we have to be very very um conscious of the kind of work we do and we have to we cannot be complacent anymore and we cannot be borrowing from disciplines or spaces that are in any way uh oppressive we have to find our own voice we have to push back we have to hold each other accountable and I think design is a wonderful space. I think it it really allows for so much dialogue. It really allows for innovation even though that word has become such a buzzword. It does allow for it, but I think that can only be useful if we start talking about these things. And this is just, like you said, this is just the start. It's mm-hmm. just the conversation that we're having and we're only scratching the surface. So I hope that this conversation can you know be taken further within more formalized settings within organizations within classrooms like yours and mm-hmm. yeah i'm just i'm excited for this conversation to really you know take off from here from other spaces also. yeah i mean this is definitely this is i mean i would say this is a a, a goal mind this you know in terms of what we spoke about today and i will definitely be sharing this in in my classes and i'll elaborate a little bit more especially about accountability from from on on those different levels um so i guess you know ocean and i we should uh you know write uh, at least a a blog post about this soon right uh, yes. we will work <laughs> on it and then we will we'll write about this and write about accountability within design research so stay tuned for that <laughs> it will come out soon yeah, right? so we'll, we'll, we'll do that and then we'll write out we'll write one topic yeah so um, yeah I guess with that in mind you know uh, I'd like to thank you all for listening to to, to this episode of the podcast um, I want to thank uh, Ocean for, for, for sharing uh, her thoughts and you know her, her views and perspectives on, on, on design research uh, in New Delhi and you know especially talking about our topic today for about accountability um, so yeah uh, thank you very much ocean for your time um you know you. yeah thanks for, for really fun yeah yeah thank you for for coming i mean it was i was a very i mean i was a very i was const- i was i was engaged of course as the as the host i have to be engaged but you know uh i'm not engaged <laughs> just have an yeah, yeah, i don't have an option <laughs> but but I, I mean i was i was i was 100 engaged you know maybe other times i maybe only 99 engaged but i didn't know i was definitely 100 engaged today and i i definitely um was uh you know uh i think it's it's, it's a topic that that's i think been been quite close to 
to my heart uh, in terms of you know um, ensuring that um, you know we are all accountable you know to the different stakeholders that are out there so yeah with that in mind you know we'll you know end off this episode you know uh, thanks thanks everybody for listening and thanks again Ocean um, you know please uh, do um, you know uh, if you like uh, what we we, we we are sharing today um, or you have any ideas in terms of what you want to hear for for the other episodes or you have any people that you like to bring uh you know uh that are you think i should be inviting you know, please let them know please share this podcast with them and please uh we want to be able to grow the community so with that in mind all right thank you very much to for listening to the everyday design uh everyday design show everything design show um and yeah thanks ocean for for your for for, for coming on with us today see you mm-hmm.